0: Welcome back to an all new, all different episode of Aim for the Bushes. I'm your podcast person, Pablo, also known as j also known as Pav, also known as Pavi, and back with me again today, special podcast person, Alex. Hi. Okay, that was a thing. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> back once again with us uh so today's topic you did not read the description which is okay you don't have to read the you don't have to read the show description is unions do we still do we still need them or what why why are they a thing kind of thing Mm -hmm. but before we get into that first our non-legal legal disclaimer which is simply that the opinions expressed by myself or others on this show Previous shows or future shows are just that, our opinions. So you can agree with us, you can disagree with us. We're not saying that we have the ultimate truth or that only our viewpoints are correct on various subjects. So now with that out of the way, the need for unions. So a lot of people seem to think that unions are a bad thing. Is something that I've noticed over over the years. And part of the reason why they're seen as as a bad thing, this is kind of like from personal experience and then from just reading when this kind of stuff comes up or when I'm listening to people talk in certain industries or whatever. And they talk about union versus non-union. One of the things that 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 uh, that comes up is, you know, just corruption of the union in general. So you think a lot of like uh like teamsters which is like a big union right they say all those guys are corrupt there's a lot especially like in construction right there's a lot of like mafia Mm -hmm. connections that are there so they get this there's this image that's put out there that they're just kind of like it's all corrupt it's just people not working it's a bunch of laziness kind of thing so therefore like this thing is bad uh the other thing is it promotes like laziness in the workplace right it's another you know common criticism against having unions as they promote, you know, your your bad workers will be also dragged up with your good or okay workers too because uh, it's hard to fire, well, if you're a good union, it's hard to fire uh, employees, mm-hmm. right? Because that's that's one of the responsibilities of a union is obviously protect your status of employment. So you could get fired by the company and your union will protect you and generally get your job back. So if you're someone who's lazy, doesn't work, you know, so the idea is that like, you know, they they sit around and they do nothing and you can't fire them, right? There's like a good thing in The Simpsons when like what is a homer comes across like Teamsters and it's like, oh look at those teams, are just so lazy, just like laying around like that's like again, a common image of of portrayal mm-hmm. or how people think of of unions.
1: Yeah, no, it's super true. I feel uh and we'll get into this. Like, I have a lot of experience with unions actually. Uh I was the union rep at one of my jobs. Oh, really? Uh, in the past. Yeah. And we in uh, in I a very, uh, yeah, in, in a very great uh, environment where, well, not in a great environment. I, I was privy to like the starting up of a union in the workplace that I was in. And yeah, absolutely. I feel like there's a lot of, uh, not misinformation, but like, you know, people get the wrong idea about unions uh, and the this this kind of narrative of like, oh, they're just there to, you know, get kickbacks and protect uh, lazy employees totally undermines what unions actually do and why they were conceived of in the first place uh, and what they offer. Right. And there's a lot of, and there's also a lot of, it's just a misconception, but it's also that misconception is definitely uh, put forward by, you know, uh, employers and people in positions of power who don't want their workers to unionize. Right. Yeah. And there's a whole history of like anti-union sentiment among the um employer class so we can get into that later.
0: Yeah, there definitely. Um, there's been a push more recently. Uh, it's called like union busting. There was a thing on uh, yeah. last week, tonight, recently with John Oliver, where they did like a segment on this, but it's nothing new. But like since like the 80s. Well, because
1: there's yeah, well, because there's a wave of union of, of unionizing
0: going on. Uh, or across, yeah, like uh, attempted or
1: which is know. which is in, which is incredible. Yeah. A lot of Starbucks uh, play, stores are unionizing. That's something they was seen in the news recently. So we're talking
0: about it (laughs) yeah because um yeah like i said there's a big push against it because yeah there's a big rise of people wanting to but there's been a a, a big trend of pushing away from unions by like government especially in the u.s and by like other influential figures so people who own companies or who are like uh management basically and so you have to think like why why is this or why 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 have yeah. this? Why is there this big push to to say no to unions because it's like i said it's it's often portrayed as a negative thing, something that is not in your best interest.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Part of like what what brought me to this other than like the large push uh against that that's been uh against unionization that's been recent or uh, more up in the news because we've been reading about like Amazon warehouses and different other other companies. Where they're trying to to unionize, and you have all this anti union propaganda coming out, to try, or like Tesla factories and stuff like that too. Yeah, you know, and and you see all this like uh, propaganda coming out, or people getting fired for trying to unionize, which is like illegal. Like you can't like as an employer, you yeah. can't punish people, but it happens. And and this is the kind of thing why unions are needed in the first place. Even there yes. are bad aspects, is that there's corruption. So for the corruption thing, many aspects of our lives. have corruption in them like (laughs) companies are corrupt governments are corrupt does corruption exist in unions yes because there's no perfect system people can be corrupt so yeah to say that well something's corrupt so we got to get rid of it then we'd have to throw out all of our society if that's the logic that you're gonna come at me with because there's Mm -hmm. corruption everywhere it doesn't excuse the existence of the corruption but it's not enough no in this case to say that oh no we should throw the whole idea entirely because, you know, we live in an imperfect world. So that's just what we got to what we got to deal with. But part of what brought me to this is just that, like, because you can think of it as like, you know, you're generally speaking, most unionized positions. Like if you're an everyday, like lowly worker, you're not making the big bucks kind of thing. So there's this idea that's like, oh, well, it's just if you made more money, right, you would be more content and you wouldn't want mm-hmm. uh You wouldn't want to unionize or anything like that. But like when you look at sports, that's one of the reasons why I love sports, because I always think of it as like of a uh, as a microcosm of like our society. Uh, Like sports does like so much, I think, or is like so relevant to many aspects of our society. But if you look at like players in the MLB, NBA, NHL, NFL, what do they all have in common? They're all unionized. They all have players unions. Really? Yes.
1: I didn't know that.
0: They do. And you have to think, well, why do they make millions of dollars, right? If I'm like LeBron James and I'm making, you know, like 20 million or, you know, 30, whatever his contract is or Kevin Durant or whatever, you know, they're not making, you know, they're not making like pocket change, right? They're making good money. So, like, why, why would they want, why would they want to unionize? Like, it doesn't make any sense, right?
1: Yeah, the answer is that unions, unions provide a lot more than just making sure uh, you're paid all right.
0: Exactly, because they offer, they offer protection. I was watching uh, philosophy tube uh, video a couple of years ago. I don't know if you're familiar with philosophy tube. Love
1: philosophy tube. Yeah, if Love you, Abigail.
0: if you're, you know, any of our listeners, if you haven't uh, checked out the philosophy tube YouTube channel, I highly recommend. And uh, Abigail, yeah. the uh, person who runs uh, that channel, did a video on like unions, and I think something she said was this is me just paraphrasing, but she said something along the lines that like unions provide like collective uh protection yeah right against your employer because as an individual you are powerless but if you band together there is strength and protection in banding together and that's the Mm -hmm. main thing that a union provides right it protects you from the vulnerabilities of being an employee because as an employee in our the way our system is set up you are at a disadvantage As an employee,
1: you're totally at the if you're if you're not a unionized worker, you're totally at the whims of your manager or management team to do whatever they want with like your hours or your schedule or your pay or, you know, any other thing. If you have access to dental care, if you have access to uh, family friendly services, right? Like what do you do with your kid if you're not able to do that, right? Having a union in place and codifies in an actual document, uh, in a democratic way, the rights of workers within their working establishment. That's as simple as it gets.
0: Exactly. So you may be thinking, because you may be someone who's anti-union, thinking, well, like, you know, if you have if you work for a good company, you don't need any of that stuff. Right. Which <laughs> is like, technically, that's true. Technically, if the company is good and they do the things that they say they're going to do, then yes, you wouldn't need something like a union. But the thing is, we don't live in a perfect world. And there are many yeah. times that companies can change their mind, right? So I've worked at a company that was heavily employee focused, right? So this idea that, like, you know, we're going to want to empower employees, you know, you can take them off when you need, you can, you know, flexible work hours, blah, 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 all that stuff, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We have like, you know, stuff at, at, at uh, you know, in terms of benefits, uh, not just like health benefits and all that stuff, but just in like in the workplace, you know, we have a lounge and, you know, we can do this and do this. And, you know, we have activity, you know, all this stuff that meant that's meant to say, you know, to the employees that, you know, we're here to look out for you. But what hmm. happens when that changes when all of a sudden the company turns around on you and goes, oh, yeah, we don't have a use for you anymore because we want to cut costs. So we're going to say that uh, yeah, you're not doing your job like we told you you were doing, you know. And so we've decided we want to get rid of you now all of a sudden. And all that, where'd all that stuff go, right? And you're left on your own. super true. Yeah, exactly.
1: A lot of places that like feel, you know, a lot of places that don't have a union or will or don't want a union will be like, ah, well, we're family, right? You're like your employer. Employer is your family. And I hate Um, that. And that it's such a twisted fuck a it's a twisted relationship to have with your work right because you're doing a job for a person to make money right is that and that is the transactional relationship in which you have with a with a company right any any work any employer that tries to sell you on the idea that you're family and therefore they can they're going to treat you right exactly like pav has pav said i totally agree with you the second workers that workers Ultimately, you know, even if you're in a company that values employees are expendable at the cost of profit, Mm -hmm. right? Because a business is always trying to make profit. A business is always trying to do what's best for it. And that's not always what is best for its employees. Exactly. Right. Uh, And that's where that's where unions really help in establishing the relationship that you have with your employer and making sure that your rights are respected. Right. That they can't just turn around if they're not making as much profit and drop you and be like, hey, sorry, we're going to let you go now uh, because it, it's because no, no workplace is your family. I'm sorry. I, I even if you have a great job and you love what you do. Right. Like, I hate to, I really hate to do this. to you, And I, I think this breaks a lot of people's brains. Right. Because that we've we live in a society. We live in a society. We we live in, in we such a way. We do. We do be living in a society, though, <laughs> The way that the way that we that North North American society and most of the world is set up in the capitalist post-cap uh, structure that we're in, right, makes it so that you don't really question your relationship to work. Work is the number one thing that you should be doing. Right. So, of course, you're going to look at it like it's your family, like they're trying to you spend like, God, 40 hours a week if you work full time.
0: At least eight hours a day.
1: That's more time that you spend with your actual family. Of course, you're going to get that construed relationship, right? And that can lead you to think like, oh, they're ne- nothing's going to happen to me. They're going to do great for me, right, right? But unless you have those, the protection of those rights in place, there's nothing stopping your employer from firing you or cutting down your hours or removing any benefits, right? Without a moment's notice. And that's why a lot of people, and that's why unions were started in the first place, right? To combat bad work environments and bad working conditions that were imposed on during the industrial during the industrial revolution when that started to be more when more industry was getting popularized right
0: another thing that i've heard is that uh, speaking of trying to get better working conditions better pay and all mm-hmm. that stuff right especially with the rise of industrialization when you look back especially like late 1800s and early 1900s and you see the condition that you know people were forced to work in or even if you wanted to bring it to the modern day, just look at uh, many like developing nations and look at their yeah uh, yeah uh, their working conditions, which is why a lot of companies move their uh, their workforce or their their I don't know how to say this their manufacturing processes or whatever overseas yeah,
1: it's overseas yeah they because, outsource
0: yeah that's yeah that's exactly that's it outsourcing is because uh, you know obviously it's cheaper because you don't have to worry about benefits. Right, uh, you don't have to worry about minimum wages, right? Like all these things were put into place in North America and uh, presumably Europe, right? Because workers were tired of being exploited because, in that way. Because,
1: yeah, because they organized exactly.
0: And because the thing you have to realize is that just by working, the system, the, how it's set up, it's like we're already being like uh, taken advantage of, right? Mm -hmm. We're already being like undervalued for what you do for your company doesn't matter what position you're in all the work you do is automatically from the get go is is, has been undervalued and so you're at the at the mercy of the company so one thing people have said that more recently is that like oh we don't need unions because you know there's enough government regulation now. So you know, there's enough stuff in place. Like you have, like a, I think I'm not sure for Quebec, but Ontario, you have like the Labor Act and all this stuff, and I'm sure there's yeah. the equivalent. There's legislation the definitely
1: yeah. that that protects workers, but
0: it's not enough. Yeah, because you think about that, all the rights and protections that you have under the law is only so good as it's enforced. So if yeah. you are mistreated by your work, do you have the resources to take that company to court? Right. Can you afford a lawyer? Because lawyers aren't cheap, man. No. Lawyers are expensive. I mean, some of them can work pro bono, all this stuff. But there's not enough for like your average person. So do you have the time and resources and, you know, the reputation now that you might get because, oh, you're the person that took this company to court, right? So that may put like a mark on you now because other companies are going to look at that and be like, "Ooh, I don't want to deal with this person kind of thing. So it becomes hard to actually enforce if your rights have been trampled on, right? Because it's going to cost time and money. And so I don't know everyone's financial situation, but if you're out of work, you know, maybe I don't have money now to get a lawyer and take, because it could take, there's no guarantee this is going to be resolved quickly. This could take like it four take five, ten five, 10 years before yeah. the matter is resolved because there's appeals and all this stuff that go on. There's just like delay, like there's a whole process. It's not a quick thing. So that's not really in, in the theoretics of it. It sounds like a great, Idea, but when you put it to practical use, uh, it doesn't really end up being you know that that good or no, that great of a
1: exactly. Protection. Yeah, a union is able to is a close at hand, right? Like if you have a union rep working, uh, at your own, at your establishment, right. It's easier to go to them than it is to like talk to your manager or, uh, like go to court. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, and the, and unions will go to bat for you in that kind of situation where there has been a grievance, uh, put against you, filed against you. Right. Or, or if you're filing a grievance against your, your employer, right. For something that they did, there's uh, a lot of people uh, there, something something that people are, I think another misconception is like, oh, they just take money, to, right? Part of the corruption aspect is like, I'm sure like, oh, they just take our money and kind of just do whatever with yeah, it, right?
0: You you pay it's, union dues if you're not aware.
1: Yeah. If you're going, if you're, if you are part of a union, due, you do have to pay union dues, right? That's something that comes out of your paycheck uh, either every month or every year, depending on what the structure is, right? Uh, but those union dues go towards any kind of like legal action that you might do, anything that the union has to put, put down money for in order to protect your rights or to, uh, do collective, uh, do more collective bargaining whenever your co- your uh, collective agreement with your employer uh, gets renewed or whatever, right, if they decide to go against it. Uh, so that's all in your interest, right? That's all in the employee, in the employee's interest.
0: Exactly, right? So and that's why uh, a lot of people don't like unions, especially people who are of like, you know, uh, more like upper class, people who are more, more likely to own either shares in a mm-hmm. company or own a company, right, depending on whatever the corporate structure is, because they don't want to have to deal with that, because it's much easier to just get rid of something. Something's causing you a problem. I can just get rid of you basically with no repercussions. You know, mm-hmm. that's a lot easier. That's a lot better for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like I remember when I was working uh, at the job that I did when we started our when we got the union started. Uh, it's a great story, by the way. I was working at this restaurant, and there had <laughs> fucked up shit, man. They there was a union for the restaurant years and years ago when it was a different kind. When it was a different restaurant, it was a different establishment. But then they stopped covering it when the transition happened. But the company was still was still charging us our union dues in our paychecks, but oh, so not they were giving taking it to it. the union oh. to represent it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the union that was that used to represent the restaurant came in one day and was like, "Hey, do you guys do you guys know that this is happening?" <laughs> and we were all like, "No, yeah. what?" And there was a huge kerfuffle. We all got like a, like thousands of dollars back actually from wage theft. That's another thing that unions can potentially stop: wage theft, which is the most common theft, <laughs> most common form of fucking of of, of thievery in the world. When your when your employer doesn't pay you the full amount that they owe you, or like puts it, it puts away a little bit of their of your your paycheck towards themselves in some kind of way, and it could be like a bureaucratic way or whatever. Or bureau, yeah. There's there's always a kind of bureaucracy about why they do it, but it's obviously not very good, right? So they came in, they were like, "Hey, we'll take we'll 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 take you in, guys. It's okay. We can start actually representing you <laughs> if you still want." And I remember, oh my god, the the management hated this shit. They like they were venomous to all of the union. The, uh, people that came in talking to talking to employees right cuz another thing that people don't realize about unions is that they're entirely democratic it's not just like one day a union swoops in and they're like all right you're you're unionized now as a workforce you have to elect to be unionized and elect representatives for the union to do anything any kind of any kind of process that a union starts either for for one employee or for the general collective needs to be agreed on democratically. So unions are, you know, inherently democratic. I remember they were like they would they got they were spreading like anti-union sentiment, being like oh, these guys aren't going to help anything. They're gonna, they were threatening to like shut down. The, they were saying like oh well you know if you keep going with this maybe the Oliver maybe the the big company that owns us is going to shut down the restaurant. Like we don't you wouldn't want that right? You wouldn't want that on your conscience. And that shit never happened. Never happened. No, usually it's doom and
0: gloom. They try to paint like, oh, the world's going to end. But generally speaking, it's
1: not going to happen like that. And I'll be honest, like, I'm so glad. I I, I haven't been, obviously, with COVID, I I stopped working at that place. But the major, the improvements that we saw after being unionized were stellar. Like, we came from, we were working in an environment where, like, people were working for dirt cheap, Are like, um, our pay our tip system was not super balanced and was giving management more tips than it was to actual like busers and servers uh at the restaurant. So that needed restructuring. Uh people, the head chef and our management manager were fucking dicks. Like if anybody's listens to me uh, who knows me hears this, sorry, it's the truth. <laughs> and you know it too. Um and all that didn't go away, but we started working in towards chipping that kind of thing down. Once we were unionized. Right. Like some, like our head chef couldn't get away with being a, literally telling somebody, uh, oh God, I don't remember what being like straight up being racist to one of the busers because he was, uh, in, uh he was Indian. Right. Or then he, when he was like verbally abusing this guy uh-huh. without like getting repercussions for it. Right. We had, we, we created a whole new tip agreement. We created a whole collective agreement to make sure that like what each person's job was, was actually like defined and like the limit that you can put on their hours and overtime uh and really because that's really what it is right as I said before a union just codifies like puts into law or puts into writing the things that you should be your rights as a worker right like how many hours you can do in a day without it being overtime how much you get paid for overtime etc 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 right uh because these are the small kind of things that your employer, if you don't have that kind of protect, if you don't have those things written in stone, can be like, oh, well, you know, hey, yeah, just work a work a few more hours, and but oh, but we're not going to pay you anymore. Oh, like oh, you got to step in. Come on, I know your shift was from this time to this time, but like, hey, you see, we're surchargé on the floor, right? Like, we gotta sorry, I slipped into a little bit of French. That's we're okay. um, we're over. We're we're really like swamped on the floor, right? And it's those little liberties that your employer can take with you that can really create a detrimental working environment for you where if you're unionized you don't have to deal you don't have to stand for that right like so your employer can try to do that kind of thing you'd be like hey no sorry it's written right here in the document that we all signed and that you agreed upon that you cannot do this to me Uh right and i think that's where people that's another that's part of the misconception of like union. unions promoting a kind of worker laziness it's (laughs) but it's like Oh, well, you don't want to work extra, right? We're we're dying over here. That's your fucking right, man. You, uh, as an employee, you are engaged for a certain amount of hours, right? Your relationship to your job does not make you, does not necessitate you working past the time that you have been slotted for, right? And that's not being lazy. That's just setting boundaries for yourself, right? that's setting boundaries so that you have a healthy relationship with your work and that it doesn't affect you like outside of that. Right. You hear so many stories of people like in various domains, overworking themselves. And, uh, especially in restoration where I come from where I've where had this experience, right? Like restaurant workers work themselves to the bone, you know, like if you're a busser working at a fancy restaurant or something, you get, you get like abuse from your, <laughs> from your management, from people, like you strangers that you barely even know you're working on your hands and knees, like. For hours at a time right without usually without breaks that's another thing that like your collective agreement can really make sure that we didn't get regular breaks until we were unionized if you needed a break you had to beg beg management to let you go for 10 minutes downstairs where you couldn't even sit down basically (laughs) in if you hadn't eaten too bad right Mm -hmm. like i remember working on friday nights where i came in for like three o'clock uh three or four o'clock and i had to and work until like 11 and with no food break in between that by the end of the night you were starving right and you but you had to keep you were running on fumes but you had to keep going because there and you couldn't say hey this is fucked up because there was no rules in place to say that that was messed up or if you tried to be like hey sorry i didn't get a break man like i'm dying over here or imagine be like sorry tough luck everybody else is in the same boat
0: yeah so the thing here is to to keep in mind, especially like for uh, our listeners, because what some of the stuff that you mentioned there, you know, is is, uh, you know, true. But uh, the idea of it being codified is one thing. But the more important thing is uh, it gives you, again, the collective power to fight yeah. back against these kind of abuses. Because some of the stuff that you mentioned, like getting a break, being able to have lunch, all that kind of stuff that is codified in law in labor law. Right. Like. Mm-hmm um i forget it's like every four hours you're supposed to get like a 15 minute break that you work and then i think if you work like five or six hours you're supposed to get like 30 minute lunch right so those things exist that exists within the law but as you can see like when you're on the floor at a job how do you enforce that yeah great because if you go oh hey you know i haven't eaten yet and your boss is looking well too bad what repercussions do you have? Because like, if you're really gonna push the issue, it's very possible they can just turn around and fire you right then and there. And I presume that you yeah. need the job. So, how hard are you gonna push back on that if you don't have any kind of other protection? Because yes, technically, it's you could you could pull up whatever the law is in Quebec or Ontario, wherever you are in the U.S. or Canada, and say, hey, look, it says right here. And, so, and they can be like, yeah, well, you know, who's gonna? What are you gonna do about it? Basically, because like you have Not no. Definitely. Protections as an individual, but as a collective, yeah, as a collective of everybody, all the workers are on board and think, "Hey, you can't treat us like this." This is what gives you that power to push back. And you can be like, "No," because the idea of of working, uh you know, long hours or whatever beyond whatever your slotted time is. Let's say so let's say you're supposed to work eight hour shift. If they come to you and say, "Hey, can you stay two more hours?" My question is, although I've never worked in a restaurant, but whatever, my question would be, okay, how much? Are you going to pay me? Because mm-hmm. my time is valuable. It's not to yep. work for you for free, right? So if they're going to come at you and say, oh, yeah, we need you to stay two hours because we're super busy on the floor, you know, that's fine. But it's like, I need to be paid. I can't do this, do this work for free because, you know, I got things I got to do. And, you know, I come here. Generally, most people work specifically to get money. They don't come to yeah. work just to volunteer their time no,
1: that's because you way. generally that's need
0: that money to, <laughs> to continue a to live to live right so it's an so you're always at like i say you're always at a disadvantage because most people are in a position where like if i don't get the money in like i can't pay my bills i can't feed my family i can't feed myself i can't clothe yeah. myself i can't take care of the things i need to take care of otherwise so you're always at a disadvantage if the mm-hmm. alternative is well if i get fired i'm screwed basically for i don't know how long How is that appealing? How am I? What incentive do I really have to push back? Because yes, I could stand up for the principle of it, but you know, if my rent is due and or whatever car payments, other other expenses that I have, I can't really go to those creditors of mine and say, "Well, you know, I stood up on principle and I got let go. I can't really pay X, Y, Z thing." Right? That's just not feasible in in our world. So Mm -hmm. you need that kind of protection. Now, the other thing that you touched on there. This idea of like being lazy kind of thing. Um, Yeah, sometimes it could be, you know, I don't want to work extra without being compensated because, again, companies are there for profit. So if they don't want to pay you or if they can get away without paying you, but still have you do work for free, they're going to definitely take advantage of that. Mm. But even on the idea of workers who are bad, because you will get workers who are bad for sure, for sure. Like they exist just like, you know, when you're in school, you have some students that do well. You have some students who don't do well. You know, when you do group projects, you know, you got some of those <laughs> those those kids that don't do anything. They disappear and there's they show that, up.
1: There's always that one person. Yeah, that's They show up, up for the presentation.
0: <laughs> you know, everyone <laughs> did a really great job, and they just show up there and they also get a good marker or whatever kind of yep. thing, right? So that exists. So my my dad has worked uh in unions for like a long time. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. So he was like the head of the, the union where he where he worked at, right? Mm-hmm. And so Part of, you know, his responsibilities was making sure that uh, people at the, the factory that he worked at, you know, that the union stood up for their rights, basically. Yeah. But you had some workers who were like terrible workers, like mm-hmm. always coming up late or not doing what they're supposed to be doing or always out on break. Like those people exist, right? Like like I said, there's a the spectrum of people, how well they work. You can't can't avoid it. So the company, the, the only time that the company really could fire someone and make it permanent was if they did something like illegal.
1: Yeah.
0: That, that was a thing. So like if you stole or something like that, like yeah. my dad would try to get their job back, but it would be more difficult because yeah. you know they did something illegal. Uh, but on the cases where it was like, let's say someone was late a bunch of times or whatever, or they weren't doing their responsibilities like they're supposed to do company would get fed up. And, th- and, and, and this company was not a good company. Just to begin with, this was like a very mean and mm-hmm. vind- vindictive company. <laughs> Uh, but aside from that, you know, so they would get like, Oh, my dad will get their job back and they would kind of like be like this cycle, right? Cause it'd usually be like the same people who <laughs> just didn't want to do the job. Basically <laughs> but, And uh, yeah, I asked my dad yeah, one day, I was like, learn. why, why do you get these people their jobs back? Like, you know, they're obviously like not good workers. Cause it's not just the company, uh, coming around just willy nilly. Okay. We're going to fire you. And my dad was just always like, people deserve a right to earn a living. Yeah. Right. That they may not be good employees. They may be terrible employees, but they deserve a right to earn a living. Like I can't, I can't turn my back on that person when I know that they have family. And you, and you could say, well, then that person should know blah, blah, blah. But it's like, that's not the point. The point is that's we're not. here to protect people. And at the end of the day, like if I have to protect them, I will protect them even if they're not the best. And what they do, right? So that's the other thing you got to remember is that you know people mm-hmm. do, even if they're the worst employees ever, they have a right to, to earn a living.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's per, that's like uh, another perpetuated myth of the capitalist system is this idea of like it being a meritocracy, right? Oh, my God, like, yeah. the more that you, the better, more efficient employee you are, the more you serve your employer. The more valuable you are, right? Like your value as a human is inherent, is like it's tied to that. To, exactly. It's yeah. tied to exactly the profit that you can generate or how or the, the growth that you can generate for the business, right? Uh, and that's what Lisa's kind of mentality of like, well, uh, well, if they're being lazy, they shouldn't have a job, right? When you absolutely, I think you absolutely nailed it, Pat. If, if this is the world we live in, everybody deserves the right to ha- make a living wage, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody deserves the right to feed themselves and their family, right? And if you and if anybody tries to argue that with you, you just look look them in the face like are you serious my guy? Like I think that I think people who who argue the contrary need to take a good look at themselves and be like why do I believe yeah, that? Yeah,
0: exactly. Why not do you believe that? Yeah.
1: Why do I believe that some people don't deserve to make a living wage or to live properly? Why do I think that some people deserve to be in property?
0: Yeah. Right? And on the other side of that, uh, the the idea, you know, okay, I, you know, I work super hard, I do super well. This is like so, uh, piggybacking here off your, your mention mm-hmm. here of being a meritocracy because I know that's that gets put out and this ties into like broader things, especially when you have like, um, I don't want to say quotas, but when you have like mandates to hire, you yeah. know, like women or people of color or whatever, you know, to try to get like diversity in there, right? This is where the idea of meritocracy gets brought up a lot by saying like, oh, mm-hmm. you're not just taking people because they – are good at what they do or they've earned it, you're just taking them because they're they feel this thing that you're looking for. So whether it's woman or someone who's black or Asian or whatever it is kind of thing. But on the flip side of that, like you could be someone who works super hard, right? You can be so dedicated, you know, you work extra time without extra pay, you know, trying to come up with no ideas or save money here. Oh, if we do it this way, you know, we'll do the XYZ thing instead. And it can all be good. And it can mean absolutely nothing. Yeah, the company can turn around and fire you, right? Mm-hmm. I've seen that happen where people work year, like five, ten, twenty years at a yeah. company. And one day the numbers aren't right and they say, Thank you for everything you've done. And it's like, Oh, but I did this, this, this. It's like, yeah, we appreciate it. See you later. Doesn't
1: matter. Doesn't yeah. matter.
0: Or, uh again, tying back to the meritocracy thing, you could again work super hard, do everything you can possibly do, and then oh, here's this friend of mine that I know, I'm gonna hire him instead yeah. of you at this new position that opened up and you're like you know mm-hmm. that's part of the reason why like where i any of the jobs that i've had because uh other than uh when i worked at uh, different factories where I wasn't necessarily in the union but i still had like protection of the union um but any of the jobs that i've worked at especially after i graduated school have not been unionized but part of the reason um in terms of me like putting in, you know, 110% effort and all that stuff. I'm like, I'm reluctant to do that because I could work hard and do all this stuff. And at the end of the day, at any point, they can turn around and look at me and be like, we appreciate everything you did, but we got to let you go. And it's like, oh, but I did all this. So I like, I'm thinking, why am I going to, you know, put all this effort in? And mm-hmm. all of a sudden it can just be, yeah, that's great. See you later.
1: Yeah, yeah. It really makes you question. Uh, what's the point, right? Like you should be working hard, I I feel I feel like for me mm-hmm. philosophically right like you sh- if you want to work hard that's your prerogative right if you feel like what you're doing is worthwhile and uh, you know you take pride in what you do you get you can do that right but like it's a total myth if you believe like oh me working hard at the position that I'm will secure me some kind of future or secure me anything aside from the financial uh, moderation. Monetary gain that you get from that job, right? Because there's no guarantee uh, in that kind of in that kind of system, right? That you that if you work hard, you're gonna get rewarded for it. That's it's kind of a myth. I hate to I hate to break it to people again. Like this, and this takes a lot of assumptions that people people kind of just take for granted, right? And we kind of knock them on their head with that. Uh, which I think why uh, another reason why people like are kind of baffled by the ideas of unions is because of exactly like, like you have you hold all these things as true right well, it's like we're told work. that
0: right all exactly. the time we're constantly told you know you work hard you'll get rewarded and it's true to a certain extent like yeah I don't think anyone gains and this is not to say that you know I don't work hard or nothing obviously everything yeah. that I do I do the best that I can because at the end of the day it's my name on it and if someone looks yeah. at that I want them to know that I did the best that I could Mm-hmm. And so I'm, it's not to say that, oh, don't bother trying at all I, no, I mean no, some no, people take that, that approach, but yeah, you want to assume I assume you know work as well as you can, mm-hmm. right like that obviously if you, you, there's no there's no nothing wrong with uh with taking pride in the work that you do you know no. if anything that's that's a good thing, like yeah, take pride in the work that you do. it's just like you just want to make sure that you don't get screwed on the whim exactly of someone else,
1: absolutely, absolutely I think there i uh, something that I' had thought of while we were talking, there's two things I thought. The first one is, yeah, another thing that union, unions protect you from me is exactly what Pav just said before, like of somebody random taking a position within your company uh, the instead of like somebody who's been training for the job or who has been in the company for a while, a really long time. That's something that we dealt with a lot in the restaurant that I was in, right? Like management just grabbing servers Yeah, so this is like anywhere. seniority,
0: just for, if you're unaware of exactly. the idea of seniority. And I know it can be annoying because sometimes... It's basically it's like someone who's been in a position longer, they will get looked at first mm-hmm. for like a promotion or a new position or something like that. And it can be annoying because you could be like, oh, I'm better than this person. But because of this arbitrary thing, they've been there longer. They get it. So I get that can be annoying, but yeah. I'd rather have some kind of protection than, you know, I can just I can just grab whoever.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right. Like the, the idea of seniority works on the fact that the person who's been there the longest should be should get priority. Right. Like in terms of at least applying for the job and knowing that it was there, right? Rather than just getting some smart ass off the street to come in who doesn't know anything about the company and be like, okay, now you're you in this position now. Uh, the second thing that I was going to say is like, as, as per, I'm very per union, as <laughs> as you can maybe attest to, right? Yes. Uh, that's not to say that there are not bad unions out there, right? I think that's very true. Like the, the, the thing I think of the most when I think of like what a quote unquote bad union is like uh, police unions, right? Like, police unions are no- notorious for, like, you know, covering up, for helping cops that are potentially really shitty, like, uh-huh. get a- get away with violations of their of their stuff and help stop them from getting fired, right? And it's a little, it gets a little more nuanced, right? Like, I totally think that they, that kind, you know, it's evident that that kind of union is not the best. It helps, it helps, right? Do what it's supposed to, it does what it's supposed to do really, really well, <laughs> right?
0: All right, which is uh, protect the police. But, yeah, sorry, go on, go on.
1: Well, I was just going to say, but, like, the problem with a police union is that, I don't know, we talked about this before, but, like, you know, the hierarchy, to poli- the, what the police stand for is its whole, its own whole potential issue. And what they're trying to protect is perhaps what the question, rather than what they do.
0: Yeah, no, definitely, it's it's good to bring that up, because, yeah, that's an example where you could say that it's not the union itself that's no. the issue, because... You know, police work is is very difficult. I'm not going to say that it's just a walk in the park. You don't got to worry about nothing. But a lot of the bad aspects of policing in this case, because it's different from just like working for a company, right? That creates like a product or service, right? When we're talking about something like the police, this is something that could be quite literally life and death. Yeah. And it could negatively impact the lives of regular citizens right because if the police want to come after you the government wants to come after you right because they they are representatives of the government they can make your life very difficult in a way that working for a company that that doesn't really exist you know in the same manner Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. a, a lot of like the bad tactics that police use or abuses that they have yeah they get reinforced by something like Police unions, but it's more on our policing system than like the union itself. Absolutely, because there's a lot of things that. Because I mean, this is an entirely different topic, but just real briefly, like yeah, I didn't want to. I'm sorry, I didn't want to open the can of worms, but you know, know, there's a little tangent. If you're a longtime listener of the show, you know we like a little tangent every now (laughs) and then. But the problem with the police, or part of the problem with the police, is that there's no recompense if you're someone who's not the police. right so if you come into an interaction with the police you have no other recourse you have to do what they say there's no way to extricate yourself from Mm -hmm. the situation right without being potentially
1: like at risk
0: or exactly but even if what they're doing is illegal at that moment in that moment in time there's nothing you can do to stop the situation yeah all right if they want to stop you on the street or come in if they break into your house or break into your car whatever you can't if you if you push them if you if you hit them like that's (laughs) that's just going to add on to whatever it was even if the initial thing is illegal right it's just like you are at a complete disadvantage there's no one to stop that from happening there's no outside force to stop the police right you get the this is where the saying like who watches the watchman comes from because there's nothing that you can do so any of those behaviors like if a cop wants to stop you on the street and question you and say hey you know there was a robbery we think you're might be involved or something like you can't just leave I mean you can ask, you know, you obviously you know you gotta be polite. You say, Am I you know, my charge? Am I free to go? You have to keep asking until they decide that they're done with you. That's really the only thing that you can do. If you run, oh now you just did something, right? Like
1: Yeah, you might get shot. That's right? why I,
0: I hate airports because that's a place where like there's no laws. They mm-hmm. can they can do whatever they want with you there. Mm-hmm. You're in the, like this legal limbo. Like if they pull you aside and they're like, oh, we think you were smuggling drugs or you're on like some kind of terrorist blacklist. Because sometimes it happens to people where their name is similar to someone or somehow gets put on there. Yeah. And they can just hold you in a room in an airport. No charges, nothing. And there's nothing it's you true. can do. Those kind of behaviors like I know they had internal carding in the US, in New York City, they had stop and frisk. So you think mm-hmm. of all those people, because the thing is, it's certain people get targeted with this stuff, right? Absolutely. It's not random distribution. Okay, all these different people get, you know, there's there's people that they go to. So people of color, like, especially more back in the day, people who are gay. Like, if you were gay yeah. and the police thought you were gay, oh, man, they come rough you up. You know, you're found at, like, a gay club, gay bar, uh, somewhere known as, like, a, a gay hangout spot. They can come and just mess you up. And, like, they could beat you in the back of a car, like, what are you going to do? So those kind of behaviors, when people try to look into that or try to, you know, change that kind of stuff in terms of, like, the law or policies that the police are supposed to follow, but, again, there's no guarantee to make them follow, the union can push back against that, right? Their members and push back against that because they see it as like us versus them. We don't want the outside world changing how we do things because like, they believe that what they're doing is right. They're upholding yes. the law kind of thing, right? So that's a more delicate situation because, again, it's not the same thing as like working for a company that provides a service or makes a product. No, you don't sure. have that kind of power in society. Like you can't operate like that with no repercussions, generally speaking. I mean, this is outside of people who are like super rich and all that stuff. But generally, if you're yeah. a lowly worker, you're not you're not super rich.
1: Yeah. And so, I totally agree with
0: you. No, I get it. okay. So, just before we end here, uh, I think this has been a pretty good discussion. No, just bringing it back to sports, though, because, uh, like I said, those are the for me, anyways, like the uh, initial mm-hmm. thing uh that kind of like brought this uh to me. Because, again, like every sports league has a players' union, so you got to think, well, why, why, if you're someone still unconvinced of why unions are good, it's like, why do people who make so much money want to have a union? Because, look, the people that you know play in the leagues. So the athletes themselves, they obviously make a lot of money. But what people don't really realize, because it never gets talked about, is that the league slash team slash owners make way more money. Yeah. Right. So any that there's like a labor dispute, like a generally it's a lockout, like MLB just ended their lockout. And I believe for the NHL and I believe for the NBA in the past five, 10 years. When there's been labor disputes, it's been on the side of the owners. But what happens is it's usually players who get painted as or perceived as being greedy and wanting more money. Part of that reason is because we know players' salaries, right? All that stuff gets published. All that stuff is knowledge, uh, public knowledge, sorry. But what's not public knowledge is how much each team generates much revenue they generate i mean you might get the total league revenue but we don't see like each team and the reason why i say each team uh, individually like that is because uh you know you constantly have uh teams looking for uh you know new stadiums to be built and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh, you know there's a previous episode that if you want to listen to about like sports stadiums and all that stuff and why they should not be publicly funded but we never get that breakdown right and so players obviously you know they realize that you know, we make a lot of money, but the team, the league makes way more money. So we need to protect ourselves because they would be just as bad. Like if teams could get away without paying players, the high amounts that they pay them, they would. Because, look, you generate like several billion dollars and I don't know how much of that goes to players. But if I could reduce that, if I could, you know, have like LeBron James and just pay him like a million dollars a year instead of like 50 or whatever his contract is, would you not do that as 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 a business owner? Yeah. Right. Because it's like, hey, it's more money. It's more money for me. That's why like on on the labor disputes or contracts or whatever, I'm always like um, on the side of of the players because it's like you need to maximize you need to make whatever it is you're going to make because the team will continue on. Mm. Right. You only have a finite amount of time that you're able to play so you need to make as much money as 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 possible during that time because like the team like you know Montreal Canadiens Montreal Canadiens will continue to exist you may play on the team for like 10 years 15 years 20 years but Habs have been around for you know over 100 years so they'll continue to exist and they make money off your image off your playing off your you know your likeness basically right because at the at the, end, at the end of the day, that's who you're representing by your play or through your play. So mm-hmm. you know, and then this ties back to like a previous episode on like liberal bias and all that stuff, right? Because yeah, you know, like like I said, players are the ones who are perceived as being greedy, but most of the time, it's the owners who do the lockout. It's a lockout. It's not even the players deciding to strike. No, you know, it's it's the owners that don't want to go through with it. So they're like, oh, we're going to lock lock this out because they want generally they want to cut back on things. And that's what part of the union busting that we mentioned at the beginning of the episode is like it's employers who want to cut back. Yes. On stuff. Right. They don't want to give health care. They don't want to give pensions. That's a big thing. They don't want to pay for pensions. And the reason why you had that in the first place is because people would work again. This is what I was saying before. Like, you know, you dedicate 20, 30, 40, 50 years of your life to a company and then at the end of the day you know whenever you retire or you get cut you know you have nothing mm-hmm. right that's why pensions existed this is to say, okay well look here we're gonna pay you back because you gave us your time which is the only thing that we really actually have we'll pay you back for that that's the, that's the idea of like a pension at the end of the you know when you retire and all that stuff so that way it's like okay i can't physically technically obviously you can but just in how much society is set up right after 65 is when you retire stop doing stuff mm how am I supposed to continue living? Because it's not like <laughs> I can just be put in storage, right? I'm still a No, person. exactly. So that was the idea. But now companies are like, oh, that's expensive, bro. Like we want to increase shareholder profit or we want to increase stuff for like executives and all that. So we want to get rid of that stuff. So it's like that's what companies are doing. They want to cut stuff like that. They don't want to hire employees. That's why there's a big push to have people work part-time. A lot of what mm. they do is like, oh, we just want part-time workers so technically they're contractors and not actual employees so they
1: don't give you their whole thing
0: yeah right and that's why companies like you know like amazon and like uber and a few other a lot of other ones you know are are evil in that sense because like they don't want to pay out those things and want to afford those benefits and this even without union because if you're a contractor you escape certain legal clauses too yeah, we you know, we mentioned that like a lot of this stuff is codified in like labor law. But if that's if you're an employee, if you're a contractor, if you're an independent contractor, a lot of those laws no longer apply. So I don't even have to do that if I don't want to. It's
1: true. It's true. If you're a contracted employee like you are uh, left out a lot of uh, certain benefits, uh, you don't have as much right, as many rights as a full time employee. Like it's a uh, it's kind of become uh, not necessary, but like more and more I see like. You know, to talk of like the gig economy, right? Like going from contract to contract, a lot more work is going that way because of exactly that. It's in a company's, it's in co- corporate interests to not give full-time salaries and full-time benefits to employees, right? Just like Pav said. Yeah, I totally. Yeah, I and totally it's portrayed
0: as being empowering, uh, you know, the, the idea of like a gig economy because it's like, oh, you can just work all the time, basically. And it's like, that's well, not really practical. Is,
1: is that life? Is that is that a good life? <laughs> no <laughs> you
0: know? and it's like all this stuff like it doesn't help all the perceived benefits you know of, of something like uber and like airbnb and all this like part-time work stuff it has not materialized because it's it's not that's not what it's for it's just a way to generate like more revenue like the idea of like uber you know reducing traffic and all this stuff it's like well it's not really gonna do any of that stuff if you want to reduce mm-hmm. traffic it's like Stop subsidizing Uber and like let's uh, invest in like public transit, oh, like
1: transit, yeah, you know,
0: <laughs> bus lines, subway lines, light rapid transit, whatever it is. If we invest in that stuff, and people say, oh, it doesn't work, it's like, well, it doesn't work because no one puts money into it, right? Instead of giving exactly. corporate handouts, yeah, let's corporations invest in our community, yeah. exactly.
1: Corporations lobby governments and initiatives like this so that they don't get funded, right? In order to promote them, like a car company, you know. Uh, fucking GMC or whatever isn't gonna be like oh yeah let's invest in public transit because that goes against their interests right mm-hmm. of course they're gonna lobby towards that not happening so that more people can drive cars and buy them right
0: <laughs> yeah so I guess we'll end it there because that's also like another like mini tangent there. yeah we're gonna <laughs> we're but, gonna keep uh, spiraling
1: <laughs> if we keep going there
0: but All yeah. to
1: say unions are cool give them a chance
0: yeah definitely because they're in your interest because there's a lot of our society is built on convincing you things that are for your interests or for your betterment are actually not right. That's mm-hmm. why there's all this anti-union language and all this stuff yeah. it's because they don't want people to realize that, you know, this is actually good for you, right? There's a lot of controversy for a few. I think I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, Amazon and like Tesla and a few other large companies where uh, people were trying to, and I think Starbucks too, people were trying to unionize and you have to think, well, why don't they want that? Because as you mentioned, Alex, like this is something that workers agree on. So yeah. if you're such a good company and you love your employees and you listen to your employees, why would you want to be against them if they say, hey, we want to unionize? Right. Because the unions don't come in and force you like no one. No, nope. you have to vote on it. You have to agree.
1: Literally. Yeah.
0: So it's for your best interest. It's for your betterment as an employee. So you so you're not taken advantage of. And yes, there are corrupts aspects to unions but companies are corrupt you know you think amazon isn't corrupt no right do you think it's It's, great that you have to like piss in water bottles and all this stuff if you're working as an amazon driver or if you're working because apparently their warehouses are like the size of like several uh, football fields yeah and you can be far away from washrooms or anything like that or some people don't even get a chance to eat because it's like i gotta be fulfilling orders all day does that sound good to you (laughs) And the idea no. of, oh, we'll get a better job. I'm like, that doesn't solve the problem, though, because it can happen anywhere. That's the thing.
1: Not everybody's in that kind of position to be job hunting at the same time as they're in a job that they aren't satisfied with or is that treating them like crap. Right. If you're making if you're in a minimum wage job slaving for 40 hours a day or, or 40 hours a week, rather, you don't, you cut home. You don't have time to go on. You don't have the, ener- the mental energy or the time to go on the Internet and start looking for other yeah. jobs and start putting yourself out there. Right. That's another myth. The capitalist system is fucking yeah. put in perpetuated into your head like i'll oh, just go search for greener pastures yeah it right? doesn't
0: solve the problem though the problem yeah. is you know your working conditions. so finding another job doesn't solve the problem of working conditions because this is the other thing to remember and then after this i guess we'll end is that all everything is is temporary right yep. basically whatever aspect of your life whatever it is is temporary it only goes this for a certain amount of time and then it's going to change in some respect. So you can work at a job. Company's great. You know, they treat their employees right kind of thing. No worries. But how long is that going to be true for? Mm-hmm. This is why, like, and same with, like, um, philanthropy and all that stuff, which we have an episode. and Go listen to if you want to listen more about that. Where it's just like it's at the whim of whoever's in charge. So you can work at a company. They could start out. They could say, hey, you know, we love employees. We're going to give you these benefits, blah, 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 blah. We're going to treat you right. Make sure, you know, you get paid overtime. You get uh, breaks and lunch and all this stuff. But for how long? Then a year, six months, five years, they can turn around and say, yeah, we're not doing that anymore. And what are you going to do? Right. You don't have power to stop that or to push back against that or, you know, the company gets sold. A lot of the times that happens, it's like, oh, the company started out great, but then it got sold. It got bought out by X, Y, Z person or other corporation. And now it's not the same anymore. So how long will it last? So that's why you want to protect yourself as much as possible. And you do that through you know, being a collective because yep. it's a lot harder to defeat a team of people than it is to defeat one individual.
1: Exactly. Organizing together is, is the best solution to and being having that community, right, is always a great way to ensure that your needs are met and that your rights are protected. Right. And remember, everybody has the right. To A living wage
0: exactly right, you want to protect <laughs> and good working conditions, <laughs> your common vulnerability. I believe that's what they said in the philosophy 2 mm-hmm. video where they talk about this. right, we have a collective vulnerability. vulnerability, yeah, and so you can protect that because that's the thing that you all have in common is that you're vulnerable to your employer. So, if you stick together, you can stand up to that or push back against that when you can't as an individual. Hell yeah! So, yeah, we'll leave it there for this episode about unions. And the need for them. Ooh. I've been your podcast person, Pavlo, also known as J. also known as Pav, also known as Pavi. With me again, special podcast person, Alex. So have Thanks you got? For me. Of course, have you got uh, anything to plug? Because I imagine uh, you, you know might. I
1: always do. <laughs> uh, God, uh, October doesn't fish with legs. Fantasy Adventure Podcast. Pav and I have both been a part of it. It's a great time. Uh, look it up wherever you can find other podcasts. Uh, for this episode specifically. I want to plug uh, the Confédération des Syndicats Nationaux, the CSN, which was the union that I was uh, that took over uh, that helped my old job unionize. Uh, they're a huge labor union in Quebec. Uh, they work with hundreds of companies all across uh, Quebec uh, to make sure that the that people's rights are being protected. And they're they're really really great people. Uh, the, the working with them was one of the best times that I've had, uh, working with a kind of thing like that. Uh, I also want to plug the Canadian labor Congress website where mm-hmm. i got a lot of like the stats and stuff, uh, for this episode, they have a great page on what unions do, uh, that goes into like three different sections and like what they don't do. Right. So if you need to look up any, if you, if you want to do some research on that, uh, that's a great place to start and that's about it.
0: All right. Perfect. So thank you so much for listening to this episode we appreciate you as listeners so uh if you can if you're on a platform that allows this you know give us a rating leave a comment all that good stuff uh music for this episode is done by mia pearson so make sure you check her out on soundcloud everyone please stay safe mm-hmm. uh, make sure you go get vaccinated it's still Please, happening god <laughs>
1: we're still we're still in this folks we're, It's 2022 we're still in
0: this yeah check out our episode on anti-vax if you need more convincing on <laughs> why you should get <laughs> uh, vaccinated <laughs> and uh no war peace